Welcome to Maniacally Midwest, a true crime podcast. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us another week at Maniacally Midwest. This week, Chloe is going to be the one presenting. And again, if you're joining us for the very first time this week, we kind of switch back and forth between who's presenting and who is hearing this case for the very first time. So as you hear these things and react and say like, what? I'm doing the same. And then next time, Chloe will be doing it. For those of you in the Midwest... It sucks right now. It's really, really dreary. And I'm so ready for spring. I'm pretty sure we get on here and say this every week. But guys, I'm hanging in there. I'm in a great mood because I saw that the forecast for tomorrow here is 47. Oh my God. I got to check mine now. Yeah. I mean, it's supposed to rain, but I don't care. 47 is 47. And that also means that a lot of snow is going to be gone, hopefully. Yeah, we got 46 and 80% chance of rain. So sweet. So now that you know our weather, I did want to just uh, <laughs> give a quick shout out to our friends over at the HGO podcast. Uh, we actually had the opportunity to collab with them this past Sunday. So that episode is out now. If you guys want to hear us talk about meat raffles and werewolves, <laughs> the same conversation, <laughs> highly recommend go listen to it. <laughs> Yeah, it's the whole episode is about like cryptids in the Midwest. So cryptids are like Bigfoot, Dogman, Watermelon Heads. Yeah, Melon Heads. We got it all. So I just Crops. wanted to just wanted to send you that way. But this week we are headed to the Windy City. We're going to Chicago, Illinois. Ooh. And if you're somehow not familiar with Chicago, it's, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know what to do with you, but it's <laughs> the largest city in Illinois. And it's actually the third most populated city in the U.S. with around 3 million people that live there, which I honestly, I didn't know that it was the third largest like population. I thought that was kind of wild. So, okay. New York City would be yeah one of the first two. What is LA like the- Yep second or i don't know which way it goes is new york first and la second or vice versa i don't know it's those are the first two i don't know what order but i feel like then it's like oh chicago like (laughs) Uh, you can feel that if you're driving through there i get so irritated in chicago like the stuff in chicago i'm okay with but like there's too many people too much traffic too many tolls well the thing that gets me about chicago is there's no regard for life on those roads. People <laughs> don't care about their life. They definitely don't care about your life. I don't know what is going on, but it is the wildest place to drive through. Okay. You know, Mirza lived in Chicago for part of his life. And one of the times I went and visited him there, well, so part of the time I had my old Bonneville. And that (laughs) that thing thing was made out of like pure steel. And I remember being like, dude, I suck at parallel parking. This is so stressful. And he's like, the bumpers are there for you to bump into. People in Chicago expect that. No one wants to have a bumper intact. And I was like, cool. 
And apparently that's how they live. That stresses me out. I'd be livid if I parked my car and then like someone gave it a little love tap as they tried to parallel park, but whatever. I don't think that's normal. No, these people live by a different set of rules. So. But Giordano's, Gino's East, you know, Chicago style pizza. They got that going on for them. They've got a lot of great food. That's what I was going to say. So it's known, it's like an international hub for finance, commerce, and transportation. Some of their amenities, though, do include, they have Michelin star restaurants, obviously large shopping districts, which is really the only reason I will go to Chicago. They have a Legoland. And what? They have a Legoland. Yes, Legoland and the American Girl All Star. So that's true. That's and IKEA for a while. That wouldn't that would have been the only place that you could go from Wisconsin. Now Wisconsin's up in their game. They got an IKEA now, so you don't have to go anywhere. But yeah, I would not have gone to Chicago for IKEA. Thank God they built one closer. Oh, I went to Chicago all the time for IKEA. It sounds too much. It's too much for me. Well, you can kind of avoid it because it's like Schaumburg area. So like you come down and then you head west. You went like in Chicago proper. That's doable. Yeah. Some of the most notable people from Chicago include my favorite person ever, Kanye West. Mm. He's losing it right now, but we're going to give him some... (laughs) I give him another week before he drops off my radar, but I'll still love his music. Okay, here's the thing I was telling Mirza this week is that I was like, okay, I do believe that he has a mental issue. Yes. But could this all be a publicity stunt because his new album is coming out and he's getting a lot of publicity from acting a fool? This is exactly what I tell Ryan. I think that this is all a marketing scheme. I don't think he had Julia Fox out here decked in Balenciaga head to toe for free. Okay, there's going to be some kind of a collab. Anyways, that's a whole nother podcast. Um, (laughs) Some other really notable people from Chicago are Robin Williams, which I didn't know. I didn't know he was from Chicago. Barack and Michelle Obama, of course, Chicago royalty. Uh, Hugh Hefner, which I also, I guess I knew that, but I just always think of him as LA. Yeah, I guess I never realized that he was from Chicago. Okay. Mr. T. Ooh, I pity the fool. Exactly. And Jennifer Hudson, who is actually a part of today's story. What? Yes. Okay. Well, and of course, you would be remiss if you did not mention the lovely Al Capone, who is notorious. I don't think he's from Chicago. I'm not sure, actually. But yeah, he comes up in a lot of, honestly, when I look at the old crimes, though, because he was all over the Midwest. Mm -hmm. I mean, he had hideouts in Wisconsin. So he's he's got like a little thing in like northern Wisconsin area. But yeah, no, he ran the streets of Chicago for a while. That's pretty wild. I'm glad we didn't live through that. <laughs> and also, I would be failing the world if I didn't mention the great Dino comes from Chicago. <laughs> oh, no, we're not shouting Dino out. Cut this out. <laughs> Get this from the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Now that we know where we're going, let's talk about the background info of some of the people that are actually involved. So most notable, of course, is Jennifer Hudson. She's an actress and a singer. She got her start on American Idol, which I forgot about. 
I didn't, I was going to ask, like, that is the same person that I'm thinking of. I remember that. Yeah, but she's most widely known for her roles in Dreamgirls, which was like the first movie she was in, remember, Mm -hmm. alongside Beyonce, of course. Of course. And then she was, I mean, she's been in a ton of stuff, but she was also in The Color Purple when they brought that back, and she had a really pivotal role in that. I think she was in the Sex and the City movie, the first one. She was. She was the assistant, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she pops up a lot. Her sister, Julia Hudson, also lived in Chicago uh, in the Inglewood neighborhood, which is known to be a pretty rough area. And she lived there with her son, Julian. Uh, She was living at her mom's house. And she had recently separated from her husband, William. Julia was a single mother who drove a school bus, lived with her mom, and depended on her relatives to help care for Julian. This sounds tough. Yeah. No, I do. I feel bad. On October 24th, 2008, Julia arrived home to the house that her and Jennifer grew up in to find bullet holes in the front door. Oh, God. Yeah. As she entered the home, she found her mother, 57-year-old Darnell Donerson, in the living room shot to death. And then she found her brother, 29-year-old Jason Hudson, shot to death in his bedroom. Oh, my God. I get, like, I'm literally getting goosebumps. I cannot even imagine coming home. Wait, so there were were bullet holes in the door? Like, it was like a drive-by that went bad? Like, stray bullets? Or they were the target? Well, it seems that they were definitely the target. The mom was in the living room, so I suppose that could have been, you know, stray bullets, but... The brother was like much further back in the bedroom. Julia called 911 hysterically and reported the shootings. Oh my God, and where's her kid? Yeah. (laughs) So missing from the scene of the crime was Julia's seven-year-old son, Julian. Uh, So they put out an Amber Alert immediately. On the day that the bodies were found of the mother and the brother, they took Julia's estranged husband, William, who was 27, into custody, but did not file any charges against him. He was on parole, and he had spent nearly seven years in prison for attempted murder previously, Mm. and vehicular hijacking and possession of a stolen vehicle. Basically, what had happened, why he had spent so much time previously in prison was this guy testified that he caught William stealing his SUV in November 1998. So the guy jumps onto the luggage rat of the car, right? (laughs) Trying to stop him from stealing the car. And William drives off, ensuing this like wild police chase through several South Side neighborhoods in Chicago, and then getting onto the expressway at speeds with, with a person still on the top of the yes. car. Oh God! Going a hundred miles an hour as he tried to shake him off the roof rack, and so this guy got like severely injured. They were saying from like downed like power lines and stuff, like grazing like- him. Yeah, it sounds like a wild time. So anyways, so the ex-husband, William, he had been to prison for that. And he's still on parole from that crime when they arrest him. Mm. So they hold him for the maximum 48 hours allowable without charging him with a crime because they don't really have any evidence at this point. 
but there had been a lot of like talk that he was, you know, just not right. Obviously him and Julia had been separated at that point. There's all that going on. And then three days later on October 27th, Julian's body was found on Chicago's West side in a parked SUV, which matched the Amber Alert description. Oh. And this is super sad. I feel so bad. So the autopsy revealed that Julian died of several gunshot wounds and a pistol was found in a nearby uh, parking lot that was confirmed as the murder weapon. Okay, see, this is screwed up because in my head, I'm like, why would they do that? Why not just kill him there? Not that I want a child killed, but like, can you imagine being a little boy? You like scared him, like his final moments, he's like terrified. If you're going to kill him and you are such a right. shithead that you're going to murder people anyways, why not just get it let him us. die by his family instead of scared with whoever it is? Yeah. This is also really sad too. This is just kind of a side note, but the SUV was actually Jennifer had bought it for her sister because she tried to you know, help her family out however she could. Like it was noted because she actually ends up testifying in this case. She would like leave blank checks for her mom so she could pay her like gas bill and stuff like that. And she had just bought her sister like a computer and the SUV. Like, so she seems like a really, really good person. I think she had- At this point, she was just starting out though also. Like it wasn't like she was like- Living life like herself. Right at the beginning. Because I want to yeah. say Dreamgirls came out in like 2007. So it was yeah. like, yeah. We go back to William, the estranged right. husband, right? He has a parole hearing on November 10th because he had broken his, he violated his parole in all of this. And basically it comes out that his current girlfriend told investigators that she saw William with a gun identical to the murder weapon several days before the murder. You little bastard. I wanted him to not be the person who's good for this. Well, this, I think everybody wanted him to not, it was, you know, originally before they really had a suspect, they interviewed a lot of the neighbors and, you know, everybody around like hey like what kind of a dynamic did they have in their relationship and from the outside looking in a lot of the neighbors were like he was you know a really attentive stepdad he always loved to like dote on julian they would have like special like guys days where he would like take him out for like mcdonald's and stuff oh he was a stepdad he i thought that maybe that was his biological son no this was his stepdad that that changes anything if he was acting like a parent figure it was and it's, the father figure the little boy had. Well, and it sounded like, honestly, the biological dad was also really involved in his life. It sounded like they had a really healthy, you know, for when you split up relationship because they did talk to the dad as well. And it was super sad because he was talking about how much he was going to miss, like, picking him up from school and, like, watching SpongeBob with him. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm, like, literally going to start crying right now because I actually feel like I want to cry. Like, I think about how much I like doing drop off and pick up for my daughter. Right. Just, like, all, like, the little things. I mean, I even think to myself, you know, like when you have like a really crappy day with your kid and you're like, oh my God, you are the worst. (laughs) 
like the other night when we were talking. Yes. When <laughs> and I, then when I was being the worst <laughs> while I was and, on the phone with Katie. <laughs> and then you put them to sleep and you're like, oh, I miss them. They're so cool. Okay. Like I feel like that's like daily where I'm like oh my God, I need a freaking break from these animals. And then I'm like, hmm, they're so sweet. I wish they were awake right now. Literally. It's an interesting dynamic being a parent. <laughs> yeah, but that really like hurts my soul to like think about Ugh, that. I know. On December 1st, 2008, William was officially arrested and charged with three counts of first degree murder for the deaths of Donerson, Jason Hudson, and Julian, as well as one count of felony home invasion. At the December 3rd court hearing, he was denied bail, and a prosecutor alleged that William had committed the murders out of anger that his estranged wife was dating another man. William. But she's the only person he didn't kill. I think that's because she was not at the house at the time. I think she was at work. I think that if she was there, she also would have been subjected to this. I mean, I think that he probably did this to like hurt her. Definitely. You know what I mean? But his attorney, William's attorney, said that his client maintained his innocence. So he didn't okay. do anything. Yeah, sure. Um, Julia Hudson, so the sister and the mom of Julian, testified that at first her relationship with William was fine, but things soured soon after she went to Japan with Jennifer to promote Dream Girls, which. Um, I forgot about this, but Jennifer ultimately ended up winning an Oscar for that role. Yeah, she did win awards. She like I think that it's the thing that like really kicked her into the Sorry. like public's eye like more because yeah. there's plenty of people who won, won American Idol and then what do you hear from them again? Kelly Clarkson got really famous, but mm-hmm. outside of that, <clears throat> I think Clay Aiken had some kind of fame, but he's not that famous. No, I think like Carrie Underwood and. Kelly Clarkson and Jennifer Hudson. Those are probably like the three most famous. Yeah. But it really brought her into center stage and it put her in movies. Mm. Because obviously they pulled someone awesome for the Sex and the City movie. They weren't going to pull just a no one. Of course. (laughs) Duh. Julia said that when she came back from the trip that William was jealous and that he didn't like anybody having to do with her like it was a problem to have all these people around her she was like it was okay for him to have relationships with other women but it was not okay for me to even be around men (laughs) okay i'm gonna punch him in his face yes so he sounds really possessive and jealous and basically by February 2008, she'd had enough and they separated. When they cross-examined Julia, like when his lawyers were asking her questions, they were like, well, how come you never called the police or filed any protection orders despite like these months of what she claimed as repeated threats by William? Because she also testified that he had claimed that he would kill her and her family. So he was like making verbal threats which is scary. Okay. I already knew before you even said anything that the defense lawyer was going to pull some crap because they're always really shitty to witnesses. Yeah. But this line of questioning, 
So if he knew that a piece of paper existed in the world that would have stopped him from shooting her family and her child, yeah, he didn't give a flying F about it. And to act like, well, why didn't you do that if that was true? He has a conviction for driving 100 miles an hour down the road with a human on it. And you're going to act like that's not really believable. Everyone knows he would never hurt anyone. No, I think it's ridiculous. And I agree. I think that is super shitty. Basically, they asked her why she hadn't called the police after all these uh, threats. And she said that she didn't believe him. She thought he was just like talking out of his ass, which... I mean, I can understand that from, like, her point of view, too. People, like, exaggerate. Like, you don't know. He hasn't really ever done anything violent towards you. But then she testifies that earlier in the day of the murders, when they occurred, um, Julia said that William had shown up at the house asking, why are you ignoring me? And she said that he saw that she had gotten Sweetest Day balloons and a gift from another man and he punched them so he like had like a fit (laughs) so clearly like there was a line of activities here that were leading up to this that definitely implicate him so that i don't this is just like irritating the hell out of me because it's not even victim blaming i i think that the defense lawyer knows that no, it's not going to go anywhere. Like that doesn't make it like, well, why wouldn't you? So he's not guilty. Okay. So now she gets to sit and think about like, yeah, why didn't I believe him when he said that? Right. Well, this and is I can't my fault. even imagine the weight that she had on her shoulders because I mean, like really, if I put myself in that situation, like, is it even better to like live through that? Like I almost would have rather been at the house because now it's like your son your mom and your brother are gone. Well, that's what I was thinking at first. I was like, if I was in that position, I would be like, I just wish I was there that you killed me with them that I don't have to like live with this. But then again, I'm like, well, I'm a psycho. So actually it's better that you left me alive because I will ruin your whole life. A very specific set of skills. (laughs) I will send letters to jail after you're convicted mocking you. I will send pictures of me kissing other men. I'll do everything... To just bait you and ruin your whole life. You will not get one moment of peace. If you did that to me, I will come up with ways. I will pay prison guards to swap out your toilet paper with toilet paper soaked in jalapeno juice. Oh my God. Your asshole will be on fire from now until eternity. So... Well, now we know how Katie really feels. In court, they did. They had Jennifer Hudson come and testify basically as like a character witness. And... This was super sad. She said that no one in her family wanted her sister to marry William, that they didn't like the way that he treated her, and that they didn't like the way he treated Julian. So Mm -hmm. I think the family saw like signs, which also makes me really sad. And it's hard because she had just, I mean, this happened in October and they broke up in February. So she had like left him. She was, you know, single again. She was trying to do the right thing for her and her child. And it's just really sad to me. I mean, we've all been there where you like see someone with another person and you don't really like them for them. It can not be like, oh, it was a huge red flag that it's, I think they're going to murder you. Yeah. But then you don't say anything because you're like, you know what? It's their life. I don't want to lose them Mm -hmm. just because I have a feeling and you don't say anything. And usually it doesn't end up in 
a bunch of people being dead, but I can imagine that that feels guilty for the people that didn't stop it. If you were like, ah, oh, we didn't really like him. We didn't do more to nip this in the bud. You know, this is why I really believe in speaking your feelings. For instance, my asshole ex stepdad, Tom, I told them not to get married and they shouldn't <laughs> have. And look how that turned out. Nobody got murdered, but Tom is still an asshole. So I think that between my experience and Jennifer Hudson's, be real with people in your life. <laughs> am, am I supposed to edit this out or leave no, this thing about you? <laughs> You're bringing everyone to light in the podcast. I think I a while ago, wasn't it? About a lot of people's marriages around me. And now you guys all get to share in that. Uh oh. Uh. If you call me anytime in the near future, I'm going to be like, ignore. I don't need this today, Chloe. No, I think Katie and her husband are fabulous together. I think. <laughs> <laughs> we both have the same amount of crazy, so it works out. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> in the end, William was indicted on December 30th. And on January 20th, he pled not guilty to all charges. But he was convicted, and he was sentenced to three life sentences plus 120 years. So he is never getting out. Okay, so was there any, like, non-circumstantial evidence? Like, were no. his fingerprints in the car? Oh, so it was just 100% based on, like, you seem like a douche, so. I think between, well, yeah, I think between the character witnesses, his prior uh, record, with obviously endangering people's lives. And then the girlfriend testifying about, yeah, the, about gun. the gun. And I want to say there was something like one of the neighbors maybe saw him like spying on the house at some point, either that day or in the days leading up, like he was just being real sketch. So yeah, yeah it all was technically circumstantial, which I feel like is really rare in these cases. <sighs> I mean, so I'm like partially surprised, but then I don't remember exactly this case as it happened. I would have been in college then, but I feel like I remember it kind of being in my peripheral. Like I remember her being involved with some case with family members getting killed. I don't, I didn't remember that it was like her sister's kid and her mom and sibling and stuff, but it probably has to be pretty hard. I mean, they brought someone famous in there to character witness. Yeah. There's a lot of people that can be won over by like, well, for example, you're like, oh, Kanye West is a tastemaker. And I'm like, ew, his taste is gross. I disagree with that. But there's a lot of people that just if Kanye West says something is cool, they will go by the thing he says is cool. Yeah. And that's like one of Chicago's own. So she comes back and she's like this guy and he already has a record. Maybe it isn't that hard for them to convict. I mean, I do believe that he did it. I just am. The jury instructions are beyond a reasonable doubt. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm, I am a little bit surprised because a lot of times the ones with only circumstantial evidence don't make it through. Well, I'm honestly surprised that there wasn't any DNA evidence anywhere between the house and the car. He doesn't you know? seem that smart. I mean, I've never that's met him, but he seems like a dumbass. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's honestly pretty impressive. Ooh, you know, uh, okay. How 
Did you search to see if there was any camera footage of him? Because Chicago, every single intersection has traffic cameras stuff. Like you go through a yellow light and I'll take your freaking picture. You know how many tickets I've gotten from Chicago? Yeah. (laughs) I have like a crap ton. And I didn't know that, that if you go through at a yellow, it'll take your picture and send you a ticket. Yellow means caution, not I have to stop. So what the crap, Chicago? No, it's BS. I didn't see anything that said that there was any, I guess it says that they used cell phone records to place him near the crime scenes and cited gun residue on his clothing and on his car steering wheel. Okay. Okay. That, then I'm like, okay, that's not a hundred percent circumstantial. Like, okay, explain why you had gun residue on yourself. Well, he said that the police planted it. So that was his. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I guess he also, besides when he tried to shake the guy off of his car going 100, <laughs> he had a record since like age 14. He was a, an admitted gang member. He had been a drug dealer. He had some burglary charges. So he makes me mad because. I feel like initially when he got pulled into questioning, I was going to be like, that's really not fair. If you did a crime and you did the time, you don't deserve to be the first door knocked on for every single thing and harassed by the police where I want to believe that. Okay. If you grew up in the South side of Chicago, the likelihood of you having a criminal record from a young age, isn't that hard to believe? Like you can be pulled into gangs because you're scared for your safety. If you don't go along with it. And that can get you hooked up into drug dealing because that's part of what they expect you to do. And there's plenty of people who are part of gangs who are like reformed and now they like do outreach stuff. So I want to believe that people change and are better. And this turkey butthole is freaking ruining it for everyone. One of the saddest things too was when the judge charged him with everything because a lot was brought up about how much Julian looked up to him and he was talking about in the last moments of Julian's life he's like I'm sure that he was still you know looking to you as an adult figure in his life and like looked up to you and for you to do that to him is just so horrible because he was found I think in like the back seat of the car so I don't know okay (laughs) I really, oh God, let me just maintain a little bit of composure on this. Well, I think it makes me like more upset that he also never admitted to anything. And he even like did interviews after the fact and was so adamant that like, no, I didn't do anything saying like how messed up it was and like how horrible it was to do that to Julian. And it's just like, ugh. Like, why? Well, now I'm even more upset because I told you, like, oh, Julian was probably scared. Well, like, maybe he didn't even, like, witness or see what happened in the house. That he was oblivious to the fact that he was on, like, his last ride with a person. And I feel like, I don't know which is worse. Being scared that they're going to kill you or being like, oh, I'm safe now. This person is a person who takes care of me. And then having that person be the one who ends it basically like right now i like i'm going thinking about like okay my kids but also one of the things that i get really upset about is dogs 
Yeah. You know how uh, when you have to put down a sick dog? Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, do they know that I love them, that I'm not doing this? You know what I mean? Like, okay, I'm the person that you like love. Actually, I will start freaking crying. I, I cut my shit out right now. No. This is too much. And I still feel bad about kicking the stuffed animal. So. <laughs> this is a sad one. But that was my crime for this week. Well, I don't know. We try to mix things up. I, unfortunately, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of cases that involve children. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like I'm like, well, who cares if it's an adult life? But I feel like, okay, if you don't have a sensitive spot for kids, even if you don't love kids, like being in the vicinity of them, because I get it, I'm covered in like throw up nonstop <laughs> and my hair is getting ripped out. But who thinks to themselves like, oh, well, what can you do? I think that's why I have a sensitive spot for dogs yeah. or animals, just generally speaking, is they're innocent. They rely on you to take care of them, to protect them. And the crimes that happen against children wreck me and make me want to go full on taken dad and just beat people down, drive yeah. to Paris, fly to Paris. I can't drive there. <laughs> fly to Paris, beat up some people in like a brothel or whatever, you know? Oh, a hundred percent. No, this yeah. is really sad. But thank you for sharing your terrible crime. Um, <laughs> I hope we didn't wreck too many of your weeks. I know I am probably going to be thinking about this for the next like five days. And how sad I am for that little boy. And then also the little boy's mom and dad who are still alive. Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine like if you're the dad, right? Yeah. Okay, I would be devastated that my kid is gone. But then I think that I would have a lot of resentment, rage towards the like and be like, you brought this person into our kid's life. Obviously, logically thinking a person, I know that they didn't want our kid killed. But emotionally thinking, it's going to be like, you did this. This is 100% your fault from beginning to end. And I just think that it's a crappy place to be. But anyways, back to wrapping this sucker up. Thank you guys so much for listening to us this week. After you've listened to this and now you are going to go have a sob fest in your shower like I am. Before you do that, why don't you hop on to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening to us, and give us a five-star rating and review us. It helps other true crime podcast lovers find us, and it will also boost my morale because Chloe has crushed it again. <laughs> so I need it desperately. But thank you guys so much for your positive feedback. We really appreciate it. And if you want to check us out and see the people in these crimes – Go over to our Instagram at Maniacally Midwest. You can check us out on TikTok too, the same handle at Maniacally Midwest. And that's all, folks. We'll Bye. see you in a few days. Bye.